Hi Wellspring Church, sorry I can't be with you today. I unfortunately, along with my daughter Sailor, have been tested positive for COVID, but thank God we are fine, we are healthy, uh, we don't have any symptoms. But anyway, I'd like to take the opportunity now to share with you in the Word of God. Sorry I can't be in person, but I'm with you in spirit nonetheless. And hey, we are in our Essentials series, and this is part three of three. See, Essentials is really a new way of describing and sharing about our Wellspring Church family values. So we begun with spirit-filled life and spirit-filled living. Then we moved on to wholehearted worship. And today I am doing authentic relationships. And the reason we called it essentials is to kind of communicate this point with you that our family values aren't just valuable, but they're actually vital, which means we can't live without them. We can't function without them. I don't know about you, but for me, if I've lost either my keys or my phone or my wallet, I cannot function. You know, even if I've just misplaced them, sometimes when I wear a hoodie, I put my keys in my hoodie pocket, which is kind of on the front, and um, I forget about that. And then I start stressing, where's my keys? And I start, I lose all focus and I get all panicky and I'm walking and looking all around the place for my keys when actually they're just in my pocket. What can't you live without? I know for some, and uh, more recently, even actually for me, sometimes I can't function without coffee. How about you? Uh, one of my friends, uh, before they got to work, they had enough time to go out and get a coffee. So they went and got a coffee. And just before they got to work, they dropped their coffee. And it was like, ah, my world, my life, my day cannot go on. Life is hard and there's certain things that we need to get through the day. Well, in the same way, following Jesus is not easy. You are odds, you are odds against the world. You are odds sometimes against yourself and your own cravings and selfish desires. And then on top of that, we actually are at odds and we're against powers and principalities, spiritual beings and forces. So we need help and we need to hold on to things that will help us. And the reason I'm here today, uh, other than COVID, the reason I am where I am is because of God's faithfulness in my life. But not just God's faithfulness, but the faithfulness of his people, friends and loved ones God's put in my life. They have helped me in my journey of following Jesus. And today I want to encourage you, not only do we need to hold on to God, but we need to hold on to relationships, real relationships, authentic relationships that help us. So our memory verse that we've been working through, or should I say memory verses, I'm actually going to read it from the NIV. But in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 15 to 20, this is where we're going to uh, be delving into today. And just so you know, this was written, this was a letter written by Paul for um, the community of believers trying to hold on to Jesus. Uh, Ephesus is in Turkey, modern day Turkey, and this church was actually founded by Paul. You can read a bit more about that in Acts chapter 19. 
But let's read from verse 15. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity, because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. At the beginning of 2022, <laughs> at the beginning of this year, I was feeling tired. I wasn't feeling very healthy. In fact, I wasn't 100%. And no, it wasn't COVID. That is this week. I tested back then. I was fine. Tested this week. Not so fine. And uh, I don't know. I don't know about you, but sometimes I feel when you're trying to give your best, but for some reason it's not working, your best isn't happening. Well, that was how I felt at the beginning of this year. I was feeling distracted. I was feeling, let's say, a sense of regret, but knowing, not really knowing what to feel regret about. And so in this contemplating, feeling low, I, um, I turned to the Holy Spirit. I also felt spiritually low and I said, you know, to the Spirit, I asked the Holy Spirit, what's up with me? What, what's going on? And the Holy Spirit very kindly revealed to me that I'd been living carelessly, that I'd been unwise and even foolish in some of my decisions and actions in the way I lived. You see, over the month of December, as it is, you know, it's a busy month, but I had made myself unnecessarily busy. Not only that, but I had been chasing people's approval repeatedly. And, uh, you know, one weekend at church, we had the Christmas light show and Christmas market. And that was fantastic. And then the next day at church, I, I didn't actually have any responsibilities, but I still volunteered myself for both services to help out in kids work. And then following that, we went to, my, me and my family went to a panto in St Albans. Oh no, you didn't. Well, oh yes, we did. And then following that, I'd actually arranged and partly helped organise a Christmas meal with friends, which I had to pick up tables for and drop them back. So we went to that. And then after that, I ended up going to a quiz, which was awesome because I joined the team that won. And so we got the prize and, you know, Hannah got some extra Christmas gifts out of that. Um, green and black's chocolate, it's a bit more expensive than dairy milk. So, uh, yeah, she was happy with that. And to be honest, after that weekend, I felt awesome. I felt like a boss. I felt like I was doing well. But the Holy Spirit kindly showed me that what was really happening from that point was I'd begin to let go, let go of God, let go of him. And what was really happening in me was I was becoming intoxicated by other things. And then by the time we were in the early moments of January, I was actually living out 
the after effects. God showed me his heart for me. And in showing his heart for me and his love for me, I came to a place of having to repent of my own pride and my insecurities. But God didn't just offer me grace and forgiveness. I didn't just get to receive that, but I got to receive his wisdom and his will for me in the way forward. I got to take hold and hold on to Jesus again. In this passage, we can see quite clearly as you read through it, there's a way not to live and there is a way to live. In verse 15 and then a mirrored again in verse 17, you get this understanding of it's be careful how you live. So don't be unwise, but be wise. Don't be foolish, but understand the Lord's will. And the difference or the contrast between how not to live and how to live, well, is God and having a relationship with God. So my first point today is hold on to God's wisdom and hold on to God's will, his wisdom and will. Don't keep God at arm's length. You see, in Ephesians, chapters one to three is all about the gospel, what Christ has done and therefore the grace and the peace that we receive, not just with him, and ourselves but with one another and and therefore chapters four to six are basically big therefore chapters to say well this is how then to live these are instructions for following Jesus and living a Christian life in the context of chapter four which moves into our verse and passage for the year chapter four talks about not living as the Gentiles do so this brings into the wider context of why we're supposed to live with God. Because the Gentiles, this isn't some racist statement, the Gentiles, non-Jews, were, were not able to have a relationship with God before Christ. Only through the means of becoming in relationship with the Jews and taking on their practices. So the Gentiles were known to be separate from God and actually given over to their own sort of evil ways and selfishness and God's telling us don't be like that don't be like we were before when we were away from him don't let go of God hold on to him and so in this passage verses 15 to 20 we're told to live it's important how you live the Greek is probably is actually closer to how you walk and then it talks about opportunity and even the language of opportunity. The original Greek talks about redeeming, redeeming the time, which when we understand about Jesus and redeeming, how he has purchased us, he has saved us by his own sacrifice and blood. What that means is let's redeem. Well, the opposite of not doing that is let's not waste. So let's live, which is in the entirety of our lives not wasteful but making the most of every opportunity and that's difficult right because what that means is we have to be careful it says again in the passage to be very 
careful. And to be careful is to be intentional, to be purposeful, to consider our plans and decisions. Something I obviously wasn't doing through December and before December as I was planning things through. I was keeping God at arm's length or just ignoring really his wisdom and his will. Sadly, you know what? I have people who speak into my life that I love and trust and they love God and they speak God's wisdom and will. And they had noticed, maybe not at the point of that busy weekend, but they told me, David, you're, you're being busy. You're too busy. And I just thought, no, I can handle it. See, not only do we need to hold on to God's wisdom and will, we need to hold on to people that God's put in our lives that share God's wisdom and will. Thing is, with God's wisdom and will, what comes along with this is actually therefore showing his way through his wisdom and will. And we see that in the passage again from verses 18 right through to 21. So I've added an extra verse there uh, from our memory passage, but it's part of the context. So let's look at verse 18 together. It says, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the spirit. Again, another contrast, another comparison here. We can either get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery, or we can be filled with the spirit. Now, if we just pause there for a moment and think, well, why do people get drunk on wine? What happens when they get drunk on wine or drunk on any alcoholic beverage? I think most of the reasoning behind it is for happiness, right? Which isn't alone a bad thing. But actually, that happiness fades, wears out. Some people drink so they become confident. You've heard of the phrase maybe Dutch courage. Some people drink to forget. When they're drinking that much, they're drinking to forget pain, struggles, issues. Some people, myself included here, I used to drink a lot when I was younger just to fit in, just to be part of the crowd. And finally, although it says it leads to debauchery here, which can actually mean in the Greek originally wastefulness, but some people drink because they want to become more promiscuous or what I will say is self-indulgent. The thing is, when we do those things, when we drink and get drunk on wine or drunk on alcohol, although, yes, it may provide that answer for a bit, maybe we'll get happiness for a bit. If, if you know about what it is to be drunk and have experienced it, probably not, because many of you are very holy, but I'm not one of them, so let me share about this. When you get drunk to a point where you're vomiting, where you have a hangover the next day, where maybe you feel regret and you definitely feel like there's been some wastefulness, you've wasted time. And sometimes, like worst case scenarios, like it makes way for unhealthy relationships. You could have done things that could be disruptive and destructive to relationships for you. Now, here's the thing. That's what happens on this side when we're drunk on wine. But if we were filled on the spirit, 
we would have happiness, but it would be joy. You know, Tim talked about the fizz and the bubble. Well, I think when we're filled with alcohol, we're filled with fizz. <laughs> but when we're filled with the spirit, we're filled with bubble. And confidence, it's a good thing, right? But when you're filled with the spirit, you're filled with his courage and boldness. For those who drink to forget, when we're filled with the spirit, the Lord helps us to forgive and even to receive forgiveness. And even with our pains, the Lord joins in to that pain and, and helps alleviate that pain or moves in that pain. He's with us in that pain. One of those things for me to, to fit in, well, actually, if I was just filled with the spirit, I'd be more able to be my true self, to be real to people, real to myself, to be David Dodwell, as God called me to be. And rather than just being self-indulgent by the spirit, I can experience self-control. See, all the consequences being awful, <laughs> ultimately, when we're drunk with wine. But when we're filled with the spirit, we have life in Christ's fullness, which is everything. You get that from the passage of the whole of Ephesians. And through verse 19 to 21, we get to see some of the benefits and the lifestyle, the goodness of being filled with the Spirit. Over December and like working through at the beginning of January, I'd realised I'd been intoxicated, not by wine, but by busyness and thinking busyness was something that gave me importance and value. I was intoxicated by living for people's approval when I could have been fulfilled, filled with the Spirit and fulfilled by the Spirit. I was chasing after some sense of satisfaction through being busy and through people's approval. You know, these things and wants in us, we want to satisfy their legitimate needs. But when we turn to anything other than Christ and his Holy Spirit to fill us, well, the truth is, that's sin. I wonder what it is for you. What have you been recently or have been intoxicated by? It's interesting, isn't it? When we talk about drinking, we talk about being under the influence of alcohol. But people drink, right, to let go. That expression, I just want to let go. But actually they're being controlled by alcohol or controlled by the cravings of their flesh and selfishness, their selfish side. When actually, if we're filled with the spirit, we're not letting go. We're actually holding on to him. We're holding on to Jesus. And although we don't like to use the word control because it's sort of negative. When we're submitted to Christ and his control, it's good. I want to encourage us to not live a life that's intoxicated by things other than Christ, but to be filled by his Holy Spirit and live a fulfilled life. So finally, as we move out of verse 18, we can talk about holding on to God's way. So what is God's way? Well, here we have it. Filled with the Spirit. You've got it in verse 18. 
again, our value of wholehearted in worship. And that's not just moving into verse 19, talking about speaking, singing and making music to the Lord with your heart. But actually in this whole context, in the, the context of this passage, it's talking about how you live, making the most of every opportunity, always giving thanks. That is the wholeheartedness in which God gives us and that we can live out. And finally, authentic relationships, holding on to one another with the love of Jesus. And you see this in verse 19, it says, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns and songs from the Spirit, speaking to one another. Talks again later then to sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. We need to hold on to each other, speaking God's truth and love with one another, sharing thanks with one another, being intentional with one another. To tell you what this passage doesn't say, it doesn't say with one another, go to church, attend a service once a week. That doesn't tick the box. That's keeping people at arm's length. To hold on to people means spending time with one another. In the word, psalms, hymns, songs, and being thankful and journeying with one another. It's being accountable and teachable. And you can do this simply through Christian friendship. See, people who are filled with the Spirit. But here at Wellspring Church, we are as a leadership making efforts that our grow groups, we've even upped it, would meet twice a month. And yeah, we've got some work to do though, because we need more grow groups and we're going to train some more leaders. But in the meantime, if you haven't, check out the webpage. Maybe you can join a grow group. Or if it isn't for you, or it can't work out in this time, can I just encourage you, hold on to someone, hold on to others, hold on to authentic relationships where you're accountable, where you speak truth and love to one another. It's important. So, authentic relationships. Really, first of all, we have to understand it's about holding on to God's wisdom and God's will. And in authentic relationships, people will bring God's wisdom and will into our lives. But that's not enough. We need to be filled by the Spirit. We need to live life His way and by Him, through Him and for Him. Busyness and approval was a weakness and is a weakness I have to battle against and, and really be intentional about, be careful about. And the way to overcome that is by living by the Spirit, holding on to God, but also holding on to loved ones who will speak life into my life. You see, the thing about being intoxicated by anything else is what that's saying is I don't trust God. I don't trust your wisdom, I don't trust your will, I don't trust your way, or I prefer it this way. What have we been intoxicated by? What aren't we seeing? The right response to that is to come before the Lord and repent of our own pride. And the Lord forgives and the Lord reveals, as he revealed to me, how gracious and kind he is, but also to give me wisdom and will for the way forward. We need to hold on to God 
We need to hold on to each other. Who has God put in your life that you could be more intentional with? Who is God leading you to go deeper in relationship with, to be more authentic, to be more real, that you'd be speaking truth and love over them, that you'd be singing, and maybe not singing together, but worshipping together. It talks about making music in the passage, but really, what is it that you are praising God together in? And finally, because I mentioned it already, when we look at verses 19 to 21, when we're filled by the Spirit, it says we will speak to one another in psalms, hymns and songs. It says sing and make music, but then it says give thanks. And the reason we can give thanks always in everything is despite the valleys, the dark times, we can be encouraged that God is with us and working things for our good and his glory. But finally, here's the thing, a verse we've dropped, so I want us to pick this up. Being filled with the Spirit means we can surrender and submit to one another in reverence, in respect, in honour of Christ, which is God's way. So I want to encourage you, church. The Lord loves you and cares enough to give you his wisdom and will. And even if you've messed up, just like me, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. And he'll lead us from a place to repentance and out of repentance into liberation, into greater freedom. Let's trust in God's way. Let's be filled with the spirit, his spirit. Let's live wholeheartedly a life of worship. And let's be more careful and intentional about holding on to authentic relationships. Hold on, church. The Lord loves you. Reach out and receive him today. Amen.